everyone, and welcome to the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Senior Pastor Dr. Carol Marr with this week's sermon. Well, uh, today we continue a study we started some time ago in the book of Romans. And so if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Romans. Romans is in the back part of the Bible called the New Testament. And if you turn to the back part, you'll get Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just keep turning and you'll come to the book of Romans. And we're in chapter 12. So in chapter 12, verse 1, Paul kind of introduces this as kind of a turning point because earlier in the first 11 chapters, Paul gives us a lot of, uh, a lot of doctrine, a lot of deep truth that we need. And then beginning in verse 12, uh, chapter 12, he moves toward how do we apply that? What we discovered last time we were together is that Paul begins now to kind of focus on how we can become on the outside in our actions and in our attitude what God has made us on the inside. See, when we've accepted Jesus, he transformed us. We became a new creation. And Paul said we are to, to, to present our bodies, a living sacrifice to God as our uh, act of worship. And as a result of that, God begins to work in us so that the outside matches the inside. Really, I think this is a call. Listen to this. This is a call for us to be who we really are. And there's such a need for that. There's such a desire for that in the world today. Everybody wants to know who I really am, discover myself. Well, God wants you to know that too. And he wants the outside to match the inside. And when that begins to happen, we become the person that God has called us to become. Now, as a part of that, Paul, last time we were together in chapter 12, introduced and talked about spiritual gifts. And I think this is so important to uh, understanding how to apply uh, these truths that we have to stop and camp out and talk about spiritual gifts for a moment. So that's what I want to do in our time together today. Now, I know that for many, many of you that are in this room, this is not a new topic. This is not a new I'm not going to say anything today that you don't already know. Many of you know your spiritual gift, you're using that spiritual gift, you're operating within it, you're already plugged in, and and you, you see this at work. So my prayer is that what we talk about today will just be an affirmation for you. It'll be a, an encouragement to say, yes, I'm where I need to be. But there are some of you that are here today that I pray this message will be a, a, a challenge to a journey to discover who you are in Christ. What is that spiritual spiritual gift God's given you and how can you use that within the kingdom. So we're going to stop and talk about our spiritual gifts. Now before we do that, I I want to share with you something that I think is important to kind of put this in context. First of all, I believe that there there are at least five things that come together to make you who you are. Five things that are components of our life. And I want to show you those five things. And I put them together in an acrostic that we used here at Southcliff called Grace. And, uh, and the first one is gifts. We are going to be talking about spiritual gifts. But we believe that every Christian, 
Every person who has accepted Christ has a spiritual gift. In fact, it is that spiritual gift that separates us from the rest of the world. Because the other four that you see, relational style, ability, concern, and experiences, everyone on the planet has that. Uh, that is a part of the, the, the relational style, the abilities, the concerns. That is a part of being in the human race, okay? And as a result of being in the human race, we each have a relational style. That is a personality. Each one of you have a unique personality. And in fact, we begin to see that early on in our children, don't we? As they begin to grow early on, we begin to recognize those personalities. And they are different. I've got three sons. And man, they are unique and different. We begin to see that as they were growing up. I had one brother. He's, he's now in heaven. My brother and I are so different. We don't even look like neighbors, man. I mean, we were just absolute opposites in our personalities. But every one of us have one. Now, interesting enough, researchers have, have done a lot of work researching personalities and, and those things, and most of them agree that there are four basic categories that our personalities fall into. And, and so with that research, they help us define that personality. Am I an introvert, an extrovert? How do I put all those things together? But another thing that makes you who you are are abilities that you have. Each one of us have abilities. Some of us are, are really good in, um, in, in, in engineering and in thinking and putting things together. Others are really good at art. And it's amazing the abilities that people have. Some have abilities in music and, and, and musically inclined, and others of us are like, yeah, my, the worst investment my parents ever made in all their life was piano lessons for me. And they forced me to take five years of piano lessons, and I just, and I still can't play the piano. I, I can read music, I understand notes, I know the notes on the piano, but something happens between the, the music and my hands, and, and it, it doesn't connect. I can't do it. And I'm amazed that others of you can. My brother could do it even without music. I mean, he could hear something, sit down on the piano and play it. Just these abilities that each one of you have. And it makes you unique. You're so amazing with the abilities. Look around the world and at all the creations and all the beauty and all the art and all the things that we create. And, and the abilities of people is amazing. But in addition to that, each one of us have concerns. There are some things that just grab your heart. Might not grab the person's heart next to you, but boy, it grabs yours. It gets your attention. There is a passion that many of you have and you operate from and a concern deep in you. And, and, it, and it really kind of defines us, doesn't it? Our personality and our abilities and our concerns kind of define us and define the direction that we go. Sometimes we know what those passions are based on what we give our time to or our energy to or our money to. There are certain things that I just, I'm passionate about that. And I wonder why everybody else is not passionate about that because you have those concerns. And then and finally, the, 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 the fourth thing that makes us who we are are the experiences that we've had in life. And every experience we have in life shapes us, right? 
Some of you have grown up in a rural area. Some of you in the city. Some of you have a single parent. Some of you have, have, have parents. Some of you have, have physical challenges that you have faced. Some of you have divorce in your life. Some of you have lost loved ones. All of the experiences we have, regardless of what they are, and it's ongoing. All of those experiences have come together to define who you are. Now, as a human on the planet, all of us have relational styles, all of us have abilities, all of us have concerns, all of us have experiences. But the unique thing about us as believers in Jesus Christ is we've got one more thing. We've got a spiritual gift God's given us. And let me just say this to you. As a human on this planet, you've got the, the, the relational style, the abilities, concern, the experiences. But you don't have a spiritual gift. And you know what? I think that's why there is a yearning in the heart of every person that doesn't know God for completeness. Even though I am effective and even though I am successful in life, something's missing. Something's not there. There is that God-shaped void within us because when God comes to live in us, he makes us complete. But a part of his coming in us is that he gives us a spiritual gift that we can flesh out in our life. And it allows us to connect with other people. And I think all of us long for that connection. Well, with that kind of understanding of who you are, those five things, let's talk about spiritual gifts for a few moments. Now, Paul talks about spiritual gifts in Romans chapter 12. And there are two other places in the Bible where we find uh, some information about spiritual gifts, and all of us are given to them, uh, or all of them are given to us by the Apostle Paul. So look with me, if you will, Romans chapter 12, and then we're going to look at the other two and then unpack that together. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look together at uh, verse 6. Beginning with verse 6, Romans 12, Paul says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, of prophecy according to the portion of his faith, if service in his serving, uh, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, or he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, or he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, Paul just kind of jumps in and says, each one of us have a spiritual gift, and he is challenging us to use that spiritual gift within the body, because that's how we began to express on the outside who we are on the inside. Now, it's so important in Paul's teaching that, that he doesn't just teach it as he writes a letter to the church at Rome. He also includes teaching on this when he writes a letter to the church at Corinth. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, interesting, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, same chapter. In chapter 12, Paul begins to talk about spiritual gifts again. And if you put these two together, you get a clearer picture of spiritual gifts. He says some things in, in his letter to the church at Corinth that he doesn't say it in this letter to the church at Rome. And you put those two together and you begin to kind of get a better idea of spiritual gifts. So in his writing to the church at Corinth, he says, beginning with verse 4 in chapter 12, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are a variety of ministries in the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. 
For to one is given, he says, the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the the affecting of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one just as he will. And in the last part of the chapter, he gives us some other information about that. In verse 27, jump down to verse 27, he says this. Same thing that he says to the church at Rome. He uses the illustration of the body. We're a body. Each one of us are unique. Each one of us have a unique gift. And we bring that together so that we are a whole body. In verse 27, he says, now you are Christ's body and individual members of it. And God is appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gift of healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Uh, but then he says this in verse, verse 29, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All do not teach, do they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have the gift of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I'll show you even a more excellent way. And then he jumps into that love chapter of chapter 13. Now, the final place that you find a little bit of information about spiritual gifts is in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus in the book of Ephesians. So you keep turning right. You've got Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians to the right, chapter 12, and then Ephesians chapter 4. Now, Actually, Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is talking about the dynamics of the church and offices of the church, but nonetheless, he, he lists this, and, and, it, and it still speaks to, I think, those gifts. And if you look at chapter 4, verse 11, he says, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, if you take all three of those passages of Scripture, kind of put them together, what is it that we can learn from these passages of Scripture about the spiritual gifts that God has given each one of us? Now, I want to start with some principles. We did this last week, and I gave you some principles up front to kind of keep in mind as you study and learn about spiritual gifts. But let let me do it again. Here are four basic principles with regard to spiritual gifts. First of all, and it's important for you to know this, everyone, every believer has at least one gift. Paul uses the word everyone in Romans chapter 12. All of you have a spiritual gift. And you may not know what it is, but that doesn't mean you don't have one. You do. Some of you are saying, well, I don't want to have a spiritual gift. I'm not, no, yes, you do. If you're a child of God, at the moment you were saved, God gave you a birthday gift. You became a new creation. You were born again. And God's Holy Spirit said, here's a birthday gift. Now, this is what's fun. God knows you. He made you. So he knows your relational style. He knows your personality. He knows what abilities you have. He knows the passion of your heart. He's well aware of the experiences that you have encountered in life. And so the Holy Spirit looks at you and he says, okay, let me look at you. In regard to your relational style and your abilities and your concerns, this is the perfect gift for you. 
And he gives us this gift. And when we operate in that gift, it matches everything about my personality. And it's in concert with my ability. And it matches my passion. And my experiences only enhance the gift that God gives us. But every one of you have a gift. Now, number two, I want you to recognize this. Now, and also understand this. Because every one of us have a gift... Not one of us is better than the other, right? Paul is always recognizing with diversity in the church, the one danger is that we begin to think, if I've got a gift, then my gift's better than your gift, you know? And uh, I got this gift, and I'm more important than you are. And Paul said, no, everybody's got one. So you can't brag that you got a gift, because we all have one. Secondly, he says this, every gift is important and needed. So none are better than the other. Every gift is vital. There is not one gift that is more important, more special than any other. Paul uses the illustration of the body, and he says that I have a hand and I have a foot. Is my hand more important than my foot? Well, no, I, I kind of need both, right? I need both of them. And each one of them are unique. Each one of them have a, a, a unique position and responsibility, but they're all important. So every gift is important. Every gift is needed. None are better than the other. Each one of you, what that means is each one of you are vital to the body of Christ. Every one of you are important. Some of you feel like you're not. You feel like, I don't have anything that I can contribute, nothing I can give. You know, I'm not gifted like other people. Uh, but, but you are, and you are vital to what God does. Third thing is this. No single gift is given to every individual. There's no one gift that all of us have. There have been some who have said that we're all to have a particular gift. Sometimes you'll hear people say, well, I think all believers should have the gift of tongues. Well, Paul just got through saying not everybody has the gift of tongues, right? And in fact, in the Greek language, when he asked the question, he already, by the way he asked it, in, it gives us the answer. Not everyone has the gift of tongues, Right? And he already insinuates in that the, the answer, no, not everybody has a gift of prophecy, no. So I want you to know, not everybody has the same gift. So uh, it, each one of us have a unique gift, but none of us all have the same one. The fourth thing that I want you to recognize is the, the, the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. So they're not earned it's not a sign of God's love for you. It's not some kind of reward for what you have done. It's not even evidence of maturity. Because you get your spiritual gift when you first become a believer. And when you first become a believer, you're a baby in Christ, right? So it's not evidence of maturity. It is given to us by the Holy Spirit. So I don't get to ask for the gift I want and I don't get to, I'm not jealous of other people because you got that gift. I wish I had that gift. I want that gift. And so I pray for God, please give me that gift. And the Holy Spirit said, no, that gift doesn't match you. I know your personality, your abilities. I know your concerns. I know your experiences. And listen, the gift that I've given you, you trust me. The gift that I've given you is the one that's going to help you become on the outside what I am creating you to become on the inside. 
and so we can trust him. So those are four basic principles with regard to spiritual gifts, all right? Every believer has at least one. Every gift is important and needed. None are better than the other. There's no single gift that everybody possesses, and all gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. Now, the second thing I want to talk to you about is the purpose. Why does God give us spiritual gifts? What's the purpose of the spiritual gifts? Well, we kind of alluded to that in the book of Ephesians for the equipping of the saints. He talks about the importance of our position within the body of Christ. So uh, so what we, we can recognize is that God gives us gifts so that we can help complete others. He equips me so I can serve and fulfill the calling that God has placed on my life. Now, I, I kind of say it this way. It is possible, it is possible to serve God not knowing what your spiritual gift is. Just like it's possible for you to write with a hand that you normally do not write with. It's possible for you to do that. If you're right-handed, you can write with your left hand, right? It takes time. (laughs) It takes concentration. It takes effort. It takes practice. And you can spend time and effort and concentration and practice, and it still looks pretty lousy right? If you write with a hand that's not your dominant hand. So I want to tell you, you can serve God. Absolutely. You can serve God. But if you want to serve him in the way that you were designed, that feels normal and natural for you, this is me. I mean, this fits who I am. Then that is the spiritual gift. It equips us to serve God in a way that God has called us to. It's the gift and relational style and abilities and, and, and concern and experiences. These gifts uniquely connect me to the body of Christ. So the second thing is this. It helps me It's given to me so that it equips me. God gives it to me so that I can now be equipped for service. It's not seminary that equips you for service. Some of you think, well, well, I'm never, you know, I don't have a seminary degree. Some of you even said this. I've heard this before. I didn't grow up in church. I just don't know what the Bible says. And so I'm never going to. No, God's given you a gift. And that gift qualifies you for service. And as you begin to exercise that gift and learn that gift and use that gift, then you are equipped for what God has called you to do. He never calls you to do anything he doesn't equip you to do. God never asks anything of you that he doesn't provide for you the resources to do it. So if God wants you to do it, he's going to give you the resources and the gift is one of those. Secondly, it builds up the body. That's what Paul says as he talks about the, the, the importance of, of the whole of the body. In 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12, he, he is saying that, that the purpose of the gift God given, is given to you is for everybody else in the body. And when he talks about the body, I believe he's talking about a local body of believers. It's in a local church that you get to use that spiritual gift. That's why it's important that you find a local church and plug in. And you find that place where you can say, you know, this, this is home and, and I'm going to plug in and I'm going to settle down and I'm going to use my gifts because we need you. We can't do what God's called us to do. And I want to tell you, there's never been a more critical time on the planet for the church than today. Our world desperately needs what the church has. The world is looking for hope. The world is looking for connection. 
The world is looking for something to unify and bring us together, and there is no politician on the planet able to do that. Only God can. And how is it that the church has not stepped up? The church steps up, not when we embrace new ministries, but when every person that God has brought here begins to identify that gift and begins to use that. We, we are to build up the body of Christ. We're here for the people that are here. And let me say it this way. Not only did God bring you here so that you can serve those that are here, he's also brought you here for those that are not here yet. Because he's bringing others into the body of Christ. Um, so what is the purpose? Well, to equip us for service, to build up the body of Christ, and, and then finally to advance the kingdom. Jesus gave us that mandate in, in Matthew 28 that we call the Great Commission. When, when he was going to heaven, he said to his disciples, as you go, make disciples. I don't know how to make disciples. How in the world am I going to make disciples? And you know what's really interesting about Matthew 28 and the Great Commission? Jesus didn't tell them how to do it. He just told them to do it. He just says, as you're going. He didn't say, go build a bunch of churches and come up with all kinds of ministries and all kinds of plans. He just says, as you're going, do this. Because this is what God, this is what, what Jesus knew. When the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to empower you. He's going to gift you. He's going to give you everything you need to do what you need to do. And in the normal course of living out life, God is going to put you in a place where your gifts are needed, where your personality fits, where your abilities have a place of, 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 of action, where, where, where your passions are met and your experiences are, are valuable in that moment. God's going to place you on the path to impact other people because of the gift that you have. If you've got the gift of encouragement, guess what? God's going to constantly put you on the path of people that need that. If you get the gift of mercy, God's going to put you on the path of people that need his mercy. If you get the gift of evangelism, God's going to put you in the path of people that are far from God. And, and you're going to have a unique ability to, 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 with personality and abilities and, and, and passions to bring them to a saving knowledge of who he is. If you got the gift of, of administration, God's going to place you in a position where you can offer leadership at a level that others can't. Do you begin to see how I'm saying? So what happens is he gives it to us to advance the kingdom so that we can be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus. Often God leads others to you, whether they're without the body or within the body, who need your gift. But then the third thing that I want to talk to you about is this. As with any good thing, there are dangers. And so there are some problems that are associated with gifts. So I want to talk to you about the problems. As, uh, as we recognize all good things have challenges, well, so also do spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, and, and in fact, let me, let me give you a couple of challenges that I think that spiritual gifts pose. First one is this, spiritual gifts can be abused. You have been given a gift of God and you can abuse that gift. Now, how, how, do we, how, do we, how do we abuse that gift? Most of the time, the way we abuse a spiritual gift is, is, is we focus more on the gift than the giver. 
You got to remember that the reason God gives you the spiritual gifts, not so you can stand up and say, whoo, I have this gift. No, it's so that I can introduce you to the giver. It's so that I can live out my relationship with the giver. So it, it, it helps me help you see him and become his hands and his feet. And so it is easy for us to sometimes abuse gifts. Let me give you three ways we abuse these gifts. At the three ways that we kind of focus more on the gift than, than the giver. One, I've discovered this in, in the years of pastoring. When God gives us a spiritual gift, we have a tendency. I think it's just a natural bend. We have a tendency to be critical of anybody that doesn't have the same gift we do. Now, let me tell you why. It's because if I have the gift of prophecy, which is the gift of preaching or teaching, not the gift of foretelling the future, but the gift of prophecy talks about the gift of, of preaching. I think everybody ought to be doing that. And, and, and I have a tendency to, 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 to view everything through the lens of that gift. And you do the same thing. And you'll have a tendency to think that, that if other people, if you've, got the, if you've got the gift of mercy and other people are not as merciful, then you become critical of them. You know, they're mean, they're mean-spirited, they're angry, and this person needs mercy. Or you've got the gift of encouragement, or, or if you've got the gift of, of administration, nobody is paying attention to all the important things that need to happen uh, with regard uh, to those things. In fact, let me do this. I, w I didn't plan to do it, but I'm going to go ahead. And if, if you listen really fast, I can do it. Um, uh, I have shared with you before, one of the best ways you can find your spiritual gift in discovering is to, to, to notice how you react in any given situation. And one of the best illustrations is that if, if we have a cafeteria and people are walking through the line getting their plates on a tray in a cafeteria and they turn and they trip and fall and they spill everything. Often the immediate response you have to that is indication of your spiritual gift. Now, some of you are saying, well, my immediate response is to laugh and you know, we need to have another conversation. Okay. But <laughs> Some of you, immediately when that happens, let me tell you what happens. There, there are about five or six things that can happen. A person with a gift of helps immediately gets up and, and goes and finds the mop, finds the mop bucket, finds everything, and they immediately come and they begin to clean up. Man, they're, they don't say anything to the person that fell. They're just grabbing. They're cleaning up. They've got the gift of help. The person that has the gift of mercy just cries. They're like, oh, that is so embarrassing. I just cannot believe that just happened to that person. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And, and you know, I'm going to be here for you. And uh, the person with the gift of encouragement says, get up. You can do it. Come on. Here, let me get you another tray. Get you another plate. We'll go back through the line. Everything's going to be fine. person with the gift of prophecy says, uh, let me give you three reasons why that happened. And sometimes they start with the same thing, you know, a, a gift of teaching. Hey, what can we learn from this? Everybody, let's just stop for a minute. What can we learn from what just happened or took place here? A person that has a gift of administration says, you know what? We need to put some rubber mats down there pretty soon. We're going to sued if we don't do that. We need to, what, what caused that? How can we get behind that? How can we get underneath it? You see how those spiritual gifts begin to work? And the way we abuse that is if other people don't see things the way we do, we think something's wrong with you how is it that you don't know and think that the most important thing is that we need a rubber mat here or are we going to be sued 
Well, that's a gift. Of, and the other person says, no, the most important thing is this person needs to be encouraged. And the other person with the gift of evangelism is just simply saying, you see that mess on the floor? That's your life without Jesus. You need Jesus, you know? So we abuse the gifts sometimes by being critical of others that don't have it. Second way we do it, we abuse the gifts by confusing spiritual gifts with spiritual fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about spiritual fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. Uh, he goes through that list. Fruit is evidence of. You know that I am a child of God because of fruit. Not because of my gifts, but by fruit of the Spirit. In fact, I'll say this to you. This may throw a little monkey wrench in our study, but nonetheless, because we don't have time to chase it. It's possible for you to not be right with God and still use your spiritual gift. But if you're not right with God, the fruit of the Spirit is not going to be evident, right? You're, you're going to mess in that area. So sometimes we confuse fruit of the Spirit and spiritual gifts. And I want you to understand, gifts are not evidence of my relationship with God, my close relationship with God, my maturity. That would be fruit. And then the, the, the third one sometimes is that, uh, that we have a tendency to... Uh, um, we have a tendency to um, excuse... Um, or offer our gift as an excuse for not ministering. We talked about this last week. Um, you know, somebody, uh, Jesus gave the great commission to all of us. We are to go and to share the gospel with people. And, and, and if we understand spiritual gifts, we may have a tendency to say this, but I just don't have the gift of evangelism. So I don't need to do that. Yes, you do. God's called us to do all those things. And there are some things that we do, even though we're not gifted to do that. But that is one of the ways that we can uh, abuse that. The second thing, so the gifts can be abused. And I gave you three ways. And the second thing I would say, here's another way that can be abused. By being neglected. If you don't know what your gift is, that's abusing the spiritual gift. Or if you know what it is and you're not using it. And some of you know what your spiritual gift is, but you're not plugged into a local church. You're not using the gifts that God has given you. That's one of the ways that we can abuse the gifts. Well, finally, let me give to you a, a final thought and then a challenge. The power. The fourth thing that I want you to see is the power of spiritual gift. Listen, there is nothing on this planet that compares to the church when it's the church. There's nothing like it. When the church is operating like the church, a need will show up and someone with a gift to meet that need also shows up and gladly meets that need. And it is the most amazing thing that you'll ever see. I see it all the time in the life of our church. People that walk through challenges and sometimes I'll find out you've got a problem from one of our grow group leaders. But when I discover that there's a problem in your life, by the time I discover it, the grow group's all over it. They've already taken care of it. There's not anything we need to do. They're just making us aware of it so we can pray about it. But they've already taken care of it. There's nothing like the church being the church. To create the spiritual gifts, create a healthy body that meets needs. It lifts up 
Christ. And then, I love this, it creates an atmosphere where God can move. And don't you want that? Don't you want God to move among us? It creates an atmosphere where we're anxious for God to move. So here's the challenge for you. What's your gift? What is your spiritual gift and are you using it? And for some of this, well, I'm not really sure what my spiritual gift is. This is what I want to do. I want you to begin a journey today to discover that gift and we're going to help you. If you will go to our website, www.southcliff.com, go to our website. At the very top of the website, there are several options that you can click on, and there is a place called Connect, the little word Connect. And if you click on Connect, all the way to the bottom is a thing called the Grace Profile. The Grace Profile talks about gifts, relational style, abilities, and um, concern and experience that you might have. And there's a form for you to fill out. There's a test that you can take. It's not going to be graded. And, 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 and again, gifts don't, don't reflect your spiritual maturity. It's just a tool for you to walk through to be able to say, I wonder what my spiritual gift is. It's a beginning point for you. It's a start and if you'll go through that grace profile, you'll begin to recognize maybe what your relational style is and what are some of the abilities that you have and, and, and what are the passions of my life. And it at least begins to put you on a path where you can pray and God can begin to reveal those truths to you and an opportunity for you to say, here are some things that as you fill that out online at the very end of it, it's going to pop up and say, hey, these are potentially the spiritual gifts that you possess. It's going to say, hey, based on what you've said, these are the, the top two things that you probably, um, these gifts that you probably have. And there are other opportunities for us to, um, to proceed and work through that. So I want you to go to our website and click on connect and go down to Grace Profile. And I want you to click on that and fill that out. Because as you begin to do that, you will discover a tool to help you Enable the Holy Spirit to make us on the outside what God has made us on the inside. Now, for some of you that say, well, I don't have a computer or I can't find on my phone. We've got paper copies for you at the uh, info center. So no excuse, all right? Nobody gets off today. Every one of you have that challenge to find and discover that spiritual gift. And I so long for you to do that because there's nothing like, there's nothing on the planet like serving God with the abilities that he's given you in concert with the passion of your heart, recognizing that he never wastes an experience, even the bad ones that we've had in life. And that in addition to that personality that I have, that makes me who I am, God says, I want to give you a gift. And that gift is going to be a gift, not just to you, but to every other person in the church as you use it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us enough to put people in the body of Christ that have gifts that we need. 
Thank you that we can be a whole body. You have called us to be a whole body. Everything you have called us to do today in a world that desperately needs you, everything you've called us to do, you have given us within the people that you've called to be a part of our fellowship. So there are some here today that, that you're calling to be a part of our church and they need to step up and commit and say, yes, I want to plug in to be a part of the local body and find this place where I can use my spiritual gifts. Others need to pursue the path of discovery of that gift and I pray that you'll lead them in that path. But there may be some here today and some listening that have never accepted you as Savior and They've been thinking about that for some time, and today's the day. Today's the opportunity for them to be saved, and I pray they would make that decision for you. So we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word, to respond to it, and now make a decision. And we ask that you enable us to do that in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. From everyone at Southcliff Church, Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.